Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Kimberly Taylor-Pestel, an artist and illustrator who has been selling greetings cards and paper goods both directly and wholesale for about three years full-time. Like so many businesses, Kimberly was forced into a pivot in 2020 and has been running virtual creative retreats and finding a lot of joy in it. Now she wants to work out how to better integrate her reactive pivot into her existing business by approaching her retreats more strategically, streamlining her content and figuring out where to take it all next. Let's dive in. Hey Kimberly. Hello. I couldn't be more delighted to be here if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long were we working together? Was it a year or was it, it was a- kind of a broken up year? Yes. And that was so helpful um, in kind of helping me solidify a whole bunch of things that had been floating around in my business that I'd had for several years and just kind of taking it to a, a much more like a place where I understood all the all the pieces um, mm. in a better way to kind of bring them together. So it's so nice to, to get to. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't aiming for you to go on about how great I was, but. <laughs> it's really easy for me to do. I'll probably do it again at some point. <laughs> no, is it? Um, I meant it from the point of view of, it's just so weird doing this where you kind of talk to someone every like two, three weeks for a year and then we haven't spoken mm. for a year. <laughs> Yeah, but the, it's so lovely whenever we do. It's just like right back there and um, and super engaging and helpful. So it's nice to have those check-ins every now and then mm-hmm. um, to also see how far you've come in between as well. Oh, that's nice of you. And how far everybody's come. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, we, this, is, this is also the trouble when I have a kind of client on the podcast is that we end up just talking and I forget (laughs) to get people to introduce themselves so (laughs) for people who aren't like me and don't know the ins and outs of your business can you share your your story and what you do and the journey so far Absolutely. My name is Kimberly Taylor-Pestel. I am a Hoppa artist based out of Los Angeles. And uh, my business is called Lacelet, which I guess I can get into the story of that. Um, but basically, yeah, because I don't know I, the story of Lacelet. Okay, okay, I'll tell the story <laughs> from the beginning. Um, and I'll try not to make it too windy. But um, basically, I grew up um, in the performing arts, and my business is very much in the visual arts. So... <laughs> It's been a it's been a little bit of a journey um, from what my upbringing was and all my interests and how they got there. So, yeah, as a kid, I was very much involved with you know performing arts and choir, theater, and most prominently dance and choreography. And it was just like my life, my community, my creative outlet. And my older sister was actually the the notable talent for drawing and painting in the family. And um, and maybe it was that, you know, that sibling, you know, rebellious like rivalry, but I was like, that's her thing. I don't want to do that. Mm. And I had just very little interest in art classes. I felt like 
that I always just felt rushed and really competitive in those settings. Um, like I wanted to, to be really good right away. So I really didn't discover a love of making visual art until like several years after college and a BA in psychology had like completely come and gone. And I was in um, an administrative like coordination role. And I just, I started to explore, I did, I did have a little bit of time where I was exploring some freelance photography and got admitted to a graduate program in San Francisco, but I didn't feel like excited and motivated enough to justify to myself that a big move and more school loans was, I don't know, warranted or justified. So, um, so I just kind of plodded along in, in the administrative uh, world and ended up transitioning into working in higher ed, um, which was great. Um, I learned so much, eventually found myself in a marketing communications team at a college that was I feel like I got an education working on that team, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing because I was working with writers, graphic designers, photographers, videographers, and the team I was with were really, really encouraging about my own creativity. So it really wasn't until about, I think, 2010 that I started to kind of take note of the fact that I was always doodling these like geometric designs into some like old sketchbook I'd acquired at some point in my life and kept around and started noticing that my journals were filled with like hand lettering styles that I would shift based on my mood. And it was around that time that I discovered the whole beautiful world of artists um, in the blog world. Um, the early blog world where, you know, they're, mm. you felt like you were in their studio with them. And it's just so, so like these diaries of these artists. And I couldn't help like daydreaming about being like them, these inspiring women working from home, making beautiful, meaningful things. But I didn't have anything to make. I didn't have anything mm -hmm. that I was making. Um, so it was another four years before I eventually launched my business, Lacelet, which, um, I launched with a very small collection of like delicate lace-like geometric designs, where the name comes from, uh -huh. um, that were featured on note cards and prints um, and some hand-painted things like journals and clocks. But yeah, it, it just it's really taken time because I am a self-taught artist that over the years I've just tried to continue following the creative curiosities that spark. and. So it's really taken me some time to figure out what I really love to make and create and, and develop my artistic style. So different things have incorporated in over the years, like freehand watercolor patterns and the hand lettering and the hand lettering that started out as very like kind of formal and scripty have turned to, to have kind of shifted to kind of reflect my personality, which is a little bit more funky and um, into like more of a block lettering style and and then the big thing was when illustration, when I found illustration and just felt like, oh, this is the most me mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that I've, I've been. So it was a great progression for, for the paper goods because it went from being more like stationary formal note cards into more of like greeting cards and stickers and other types of things that, that kind of carried more of the new style um, as it evolved. So yeah, it's, it's taken a little while. Um, but then finally, <laughs> in 2018, after about four and a half years working two full time jobs at the same time, <laughs> I finally left my lovely marketing communications team and have been working on growing Lacet from my little home studio. And the most recent development has has been the pandemic. And 
you know, trying to discern how to keep lacelets lights on, um, Mm -hmm. not just to keep my business alive, which is obviously important, but also in a way that felt like appropriate and helpful and and encouraging. Mm. Because it's probably uh, important to note at that point that you do a lot of wholesale rather than you you do sell online, but a lot of your business was wholesale. So obviously that's why the pandemic has affected you quite a lot in that way. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. When pandemic hit, all of my stockists closed their doors temporarily, uh, if not permanently. Some of my reps changed careers. Um, It was definitely a big shift. And then even online sales kind of crawled to a halt as well, just because people were, you know, for good reason, conserving and and trying to make sure that they were going to be okay. We didn't know what this was going to look like. So yeah, so I shifted into trying to think about what I could, what could I, I could make that would help and keep the lights on at the same time. And I ended up stumbling on something that has been amazing, which is basically I host virtual guided creative retreats for creatives of all different mediums. And I've been hosting a new theme every month. um, So folks can return and it's all about creating like little pockets of delight and whimsy and creativity in the midst of these strange days. But there's been kind of a community building around it as people, you know, come back, start to recognize the other the other artists of different mediums in the in the um, sessions. And so so that's the newest like shifting this year from being mostly product based to now trying to keep my product based side going while trying to cultivate and grow this service-based slash community-based area. But I found that it, it just, it, it's so, it feels so natural because I used to teach mm-hmm. dance and choreography. And so being in like a facilitator role feels like coming home. So um, it's kind of one of those things that surprises you in your business journey where you just couldn't have foreseen something would happen. And, and then you stumble upon it and you feel like, oh, I think this is something special. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. Uh, well, that was I was going to ask how it was kind of because it does getting into that role and it does seem like it you slipped into it quite naturally but that makes sense then that it's something kind of from the past and I think we when we start our businesses we go full-time into our businesses we're kind of like I don't need any of that old stuff anymore that's got nothing for me <laughs> but it does it still kind of echoes through into the present and so yeah, interesting. <laughs> it does. And I remember my old boss, who uh, is still a mentor of mine, him saying at some point, like he started to notice toward the ends of my time, end of my time there, that I was moving into some teaching roles, training different people. And he's like, you're really, th- it feels like you've done this before. It feels like this is, this is something very natural and comfortable and enjoyable for you. And I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I used to do this yeah. <laughs> um, so and of course at that time when I left when I left uh, that job I didn't know that I was gonna fall back into that so mm. it's it is interesting how um, this this new branch of lacelet I guess is is allowing me to kind of incorporate some of my older skill sets and just parts of my identity like getting to see and affirm people's creativity and help spark ideas and you know it's it's very similar to to when I was teaching dance and you see a potential or you see something 
um, worth exploring and you kind of prod it along and, and leave little, little lampposts in the woods for people to follow to the next, uh, to the next thing or to ignite an idea of their own and step off the footpath or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to return back to parts of yourself you kind of forgot were there. So I'm just kind of debating of where's the best place to start getting in because there's all these different little trails coming off. And so I think there's a whole piece about community and audience, which I'm going to put a pin in. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'm going to do that first. And then we're going to circle back around to kind of managing the time and the space because I think audience, if we always start with the audience and the customer, that will often give us the quest- the answer to the later questions. So yeah. <laughs> with that in mind, how are you finding that the the customer for the physical goods is different and or the same as the one for the retreats? Oh, that's a very good question. I've been looking at this. There is some overlap, which is lovely. Um, It's always nice when people are just excited about anything you do. Um, (laughs) But um, I am finding that uh, a lot of the customer base or the, the audience that I engage with regularly on Instagram there's actually a lot of folks, creative folk, like whether they're uh, writers or um, painters or artists of different mediums, tactile fiber artists, who have been in my kind of in my world, in my domain, in my circle um, for years now, um, following me more for my captions, my writing, and my just my creative narrative, who I never had anything to offer them. And now I do. So it's, but it's like a new terrain of engaging in this way to let them know, hey, <laughs> I have actually something for us to enjoy together. So those are folks who've been around several, you know, many of them for a long time following me uh, more as, you know, support. So it's like, yeah, the, kind of that area of it. And then there's the folks who are um, more engaged with the physical products that I make. And yeah, I, th- I feel like the ones um, who engage more, um, regularly are the ones who are responding to kind of the, yeah, the artist narrative. I think that's, you know, Instagram is a great platform for that. Whereas the product based, I feel like I know them less because they do tend to come in, shop and go. Yeah. But where the overlap is, I have a little bit more, you know, understanding of those folks. So, so yeah, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm struggling to know how to communicate with, I mean, hopefully I could communicate kind of at the same time without having to do like two different, you know, communication methods and, you know, to speak to each of these audiences, but to kind of, I don't know, help them, help them to kind of come more into the overlap area where things, um, you can purchase something lovely to interact with and engage with at home, or you can come and participate in a space that I've created, you know, a safe space to explore creativity, no matter what your medium is, you know, how new you are to it, you know, et cetera and see if I can kind of bring them together. So I think that's kind of my my biggest challenge right now is figuring out how to communicate to the pre-existing audience that kind of um, hasn't ever seen something that they can, ta- you know, uh, participate in. Um, and then bringing, you know, product, the product side of it into seeing that they can also participate in this way. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of things that come into mind. Uh, one is that this feels kind of symptomatic of what happens when you have to make a pivot under pressure 
and you've just got to get something out there and you you probably don't go as thoroughly through as you and I have in the past going really deep into who's the target customer for this and let's draw it all out and make the product particularly for this target customer it's kind of like right I'm gonna do a thing and okay people are here great and you just you don't ever you don't get the opportunity to do that proper in-depth customer work and sometimes that's just the way of the world and it happens but it's all. It's always kind of harder to then retrospectively at the point you're at now where you've kind of been able to get your head above water and thought, all right, okay, let's get some more strategy in here. And then you've got to go back and try and think, okay, well, how am I attributing a customer here? Oh, this I resonate with this so much. <laughs> it was very much just a trial um, in the summer. I was like, well, everything is dead with my business right now. So <laughs> I'm going to try something new. This is the time to try it, right? And I did. And I was just very surprised by, yeah, by how it was received. And so I wanted to just immediately continue it through fall. But you're right. I haven't had time to kind of step back. And, you know, I've been picking up little things from from my audience because I'm actually engaging with you know, these folks even more because I'm literally sitting in a session with them creating together. And yet I haven't been able to, yeah, set aside that time to kind of delve more into what they need and what, you know, what they're interested in. I've been mostly kind of flying by the seat of my pants. (laughs) (laughs) And I think by extension, the fact that you're now going, okay, well, I want to bring everyone together and they all buy all the things. (laughs) Um, But you can't. See what you're saying. (laughs) You can't make people do things that they don't want to do, and so for the same reason that the kind of more creative folks weren't buying all your cards, it's the same reason why the people who are buying all the cards aren't going to come and do the retreats because it's just Mm -hmm. not what they're there for. And you know, they're buying your cards because they can't really make their own. And they, you know, right, um, right. They have different needs and and purpose for for why they're engaging mm -hmm. with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So if you try to find the middle ground too much, you're just going to dilute everything where you, you lose the magic of why the retreats are working so well. So I would say your two options here are either to polarize it even more so that the retreats are very much artist retreats and it's Mm. kind of signaling to them that this is a place for artists and not any old person um, Mm. and get a little bit more specialized and really get the community around that really kind of strong or you branch out and you have the the creative retreats for people who are artists and then you maybe have creative retreats for people who aren't Um, And that can then start to, in that overlap audience and maybe into Mm. the greeting cards audience, it's a a slightly, it's a different experience. You're not going to try to get the two groups on the same retreat because they're just, they need different things. Yeah, it's actually interesting though. Um, We have had quite a mix of um, of levels and uh, mediums in the retreats. And because um, the way I organize them is, or design them is very much that it's it's kind of a solo retreat for them and I'm giving the prompts. So unless at the end during like our show and tell time people want to share, it's pretty much a very like um, comfortable solo retreat experience within the company of other people. And so that's, I found that um, that folks don't seem to they seem to actually enjoy the fact that there's a lot of different experience levels and 
and mediums being represented. And it feels like people are coming together from different walks of life all in one place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of making it special. So, um, so yeah, I'm okay. I'm, well, like, I'm ignore everything I said. <laughs> no, no, I want to talk about that though to see if there's ways that I might be able to enhance the experience. Like, you know, I, I'm seeing this one aspect of it as being really special. But are there other other areas where I might be leaving people out and what they need? Mm. Um, I think it's a really good point. <laughs> I think well, it's something and in a lot of ways, it's it all comes down to the communication and the promise of the offering that. If you are promising, I don't know, like a in-depth artist get together, then people are going to automatically assume that's not for them. But if it's like a, anything goes, it's a, and, and you you talk about it as being solo but together in some ways, then that mm-hmm. might also help with people who might assume it's not for them to think, oh well, actually maybe that is. That's a really good. I've never thought about talking about <laughs> that in terms of the solo togetherness, like you have the safety and privacy of creating because no one can see what's on your desk <laughs> mm. while you're working. But within the company of others, that's that's really nice. Yeah, I haven't thought about talking about it in those terms. Okay, so if we're thinking then that you've got these kind of two distinct audiences plus a little kind of gray area where they overlap, in terms of then how you are producing content on a daily, weekly basis... <laughs> How's that mm-hmm. going? <laughs> what are you uh, talking about and how are you balancing that? Yes. Well, I've pulled out, I've, I've created my 2021 content calendar um, based on um, the model that we had worked on together back when I would, mm-hmm. uh, when we were doing coaching. And I have been having a little bit of a struggle to figure out, um, I, I do it very visually where I can kind of see Um, I color code things so I can see kind of who this specific thing is for or what value in my why it's connecting to. And I am finding that the why is slightly different from product to, you know, the community of creatives that I'm working with. So I'm, I am feeling a little bit overwhelmed at how to piece this together and have enough content for, for everyone you know, within the same span of, you know, however many weeks I'm trying to plan um, my content so that it's, you know, moving us forward um, and helping people understand what I'm doing because, you know, this is new for them too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But in a way that isn't, I, I tend to tunnel vision so quickly on anything. So I'll be focused on one one specific product or one specific retreat that's coming up and focus on that, you know, execute my tasks and do the things I need to do. And then I resurface and I'm like, oh my goodness, everything else has been left untended. And so, yeah, I'm trying to, I am struggling with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. point. I'm not quite sure how to, whether doing something like where I kind of alternate back and forth this post is about creativity building. This post is about something I'm offering in my physical shop or my online shop. This is, you know, and kind of going back and forth or if I should be kind of talking more intermingledly. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, I think the answer is probably both. Very helpfully. Mm. It is helpful though. <laughs> That's okay to do both too, you know. Well, and if, so if we think about this from a customer journey point of view, 
and how people move through a business, move through your content. They Before they decide whether they're going to buy a greetings card or take a retreat or both, they need to know like what you are and what you stand for and what you're all about. So you still need that very values-led, intermingled kind of content, which is the stuff you were maybe doing a year ago, because that's... Mm-hmm. That's kind of your your baseline bread and butter of this is how people understand what Lacelet is and they help them make the decision of whether it's something that they want to get on board with or not. And then with that as your kind of undercurrent or your red thread going through everything, you because it's a very different offering between buy a card and join a retreat, there's not a lot of middle ground to be made there in a single post. Mm. So you just go hard into one or the other in in individual Mm. circumstances. And it's fine if that is, you know, for a month when you've got a retreat coming up, you talk more about retreats than cards because you are Mm. one human being who can't be (laughs) planning this retreat whilst also shipping out all these cards the whole time, right? So... And you have to be able to trust that people can self-select, that they can see a post about a retreat and they can just scroll past it. And it's not going to make them go, oh my God, I'm going to follow this person. (laughs) Because they're just like, oh, that's not for me. You know, it takes them two seconds to scroll past. They're not overthinking it as much as we are. So yeah, does that help? It does. And it actually makes me think about a couple other things too, about how I've noticed some of the folks who have attended retreats but never purchased from me before have started. Um, and and I'm what you said just a minute ago about you know people have to know you is just a really good reminder of that these retreats have become a way that people can know me more mm. because you're literally engaging with me on screen, you know. And so yeah, just to remind myself that whichever kind of post or whichever kind of thing I'm I'm promoting or working on is just to like remember to have that you know, the things that I, that tend to have the most, um, you know, meaningful engagement back and forth anyway, are the things where I kind of tell the story or the process or what I'm thinking along with, here's how to do this, or here's how to buy this, Mm. um, kind of work, you know, remember to kind of keep, keep, um, very, I am very much my brand, um, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people, uh, are drawn to, uh, any specific artist because they they see something that resonates with them in in the in the way that someone's making something or the the um, type of uh, messaging that they're that they're creating with their work. So um, it's a it it's it's kind of got my wheels turning now on ways mm. I can um, go back and forth and yet have that common strand of me. <laughs> yeah, there. and I think it, that it, this is an important point because. I mean, we spent ages going backwards and forth on what your why was and all that sort of thing. And and there is, and I know, and you've got it there and it's color coded in your content calendar, but it is something that we tend to go, okay, well, I've done that. And you box it off and you put it in a drawer Mm -hmm. and you don't really engage with it in a Mm day-to-day basis. And it's so easy to get really wrapped up in like, this is the thing I'm going to do and this is the product I'm going to push and blah, blah, blah. Right. As in the Simon Sinek quote of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Like they're not buying mm. the retreat. Mm-hmm, <laughs> they're buying mm-hmm. the whole experience and, and what the person they want to be by joining in that retreat and, and the what you stand for. Because, you know, you're not the only person on the internet doing creative Zoom no, retreats, right? And no. so there's a reason they're choosing 
yours when essentially they're all more or less the same format. And so mm-hmm. this is the thing that we, you know, we spe- we think about it and I talk about it on this podcast, but in the day-to-day, it's so easy to lose sight of it. And it's something that is a good practice to kind of, you know, zoom right back out again and be like, okay, why am I doing this again? What do I stand for? And how am I going to start bringing more of that in in a more conscious way? Yes. And I do think I need to like revisit it and just convert, almost like translate it into terms of of more of a service-based, community-based mm-hmm, um, side mm-hmm. of it, because it's, it's much more specific to uh, physical things that I'm creating um, and less of the experience. So I think that would be really helpful for me to mm-hmm. go back and and see what would the same these same why values look like in terms of more people centric um, engaged like active engagement versus purchasing something mm-hmm. and creating that connection. You're actually engaging with with other creatives and with myself, you know, in yeah. active an active way. Mm. Um, I think that would be really helpful. So yeah, that, that's a very good reminder. <laughs> I think it unlocks things that you don't think of it. And it's something that I did the other day where I was trying to do a content brainstorm and I was kind of shifting my categories and my content buckets around and I just kind of just wrote the why out again. I was like, right, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> so if this is what I'm trying to do, then what? And it just, and then it really, and then it all just starts to flow again. And, and I think that's the thing when, when we get blocked or we don't kind of know which way to turn, we look, we reach for something new to stimulate us when actually we need to sit back and go back mm. over what we've done and get to back to the very heart of it and let it, let that be the thing that unlocks us. Yes. And that works really well with my word of the year, which is listen. <laughs> so oh. um, <laughs> so this, this is a nice, a lovely, a lovely tie in with remembering <laughs> what, why I'm doing what I'm doing and yeah, and reconnecting it in, in a more, um, more intentional way. Because yes, like you said, I know it, I have it memorized. When I write a blog post, I can see which tags it goes to, you know, but um kind of getting that personal um, aspect of it again, I think is really important, especially considering this is a very new personal side of the business. So mm. yeah, thank you. That's, that's very helpful. <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that we've got, we've kind of touched on, but not gone into, and that I think is really the whole point of where you're at now is, as we sort of said, you reactively started doing these things and now you're kind of taking that breath and it's time to start doing it more strategically so are you thinking of things like how you want to now start getting more people on retreats or is the goal to maybe bundle the retreats up and people buy a quarter's worth or is it that you want to kind of manage your time more effectively so you're reiterating old ones do you want to bring more of the product and the service to get do you want a Patreon? Like what what's next? Yes, they're they're all things that are in my mind at this very moment. <laughs> um yes, I am so I have started um with each retreat theme that I design, um, I have that now. I've designed a retreat. So I have started bringing back old themes. So each month I host a new theme and then I offer one of my previous themes. 
to kind of for folks who maybe joined in on retreat five to go back and experience some of the previous ones. And also just to bring in new folks, because, you know, some some people very much are coming to a retreat based on the theme itself. That's Mm -hmm. what's interesting to them. And other themes may not resonate as much. So there is definitely that aspect. And I am um, moving into uh, trying to brainstorm and launch a Patreon where there is a specific tier for creativity building, which would include a coupon code to one retreat a month as well as like the other things that are coming to kind of start to build up that creative practice that people can start to form for themselves. Each month, I'm going to treat myself to a retreat and further my creativity and, and come to a space where I can, I just have to show up and respond to things. And I don't have to come up with everything myself so that it can become kind of a, a quiet, affirming ritual for folks um, to come back. And I thought, you know, having some kind of a, um, a a community hub where I could, you know, foster that and build that would would be a good way to go. But um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm still very much in the early brainstorm um, of figuring out exactly how that will how that will work. But I have thought about bundling some some packages where you could, you know, have you know a slight discount, but you're getting six retreats in a row, so six of six months. And things like that but none of them have been have been implemented yet <laughs> yeah i've got a little little frown in my face about the patreon thing and a little question mark over it because i think it and it seems to have been maybe it's a pandemic thing but it seems to be that it's the kind of go-to answer for people mm. at the moment in quite a lot of ways like oh i'll do a patreon and i'm just the, the way that you described it i'm just wondering why that feels like the best route because my concern would be that you start to muddy the call to actions because it's like Mm. oh well you can join this retreat or you can buy three or you can join my patreon and then you get a coupon code but it depends which tier you join and and it all just gets a little bit like if I was a consumer I'd be like well I don't know what you want me to do (laughs) You know, and whether it's, yeah, it's adding things to add rather than actually going, okay, well, what's the result and how am I best getting to that result? Because if actually what you want is a community, then like a PayPal button and a Slack channel will do that. <laughs> um, but also, is that. is it just like you bundle up the so you, people can buy seasonal retreat passes and as part of that they get access to the deeper community and, mm. and it does it have to go through this other official channel which is like you will then also end up creating a whole load of extra content for when you could right. get the same results in a more streamlined way that's a really good question yes i did have this kind of vision for um so for example the the creative creativity building tier where um it is does kind of have that community feel where i'll post you know little prompts or questions for us to engage with during the week and have kind of a centralized place where folks can come and engage they know that like you know every week there'll be something there for them to engage with and you know, then it, it also has that retreat component to it. And I think for me, a lot of times it feels less daunting if there is a platform that already has a lot of things built in, but that's not always 
the reason that I should use it. <laughs> but I think, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with Patreon, um, being a patron for other uh, artists and creatives. So um, it is comfortable and familiar with it. And yeah, that, that those are the initial thoughts of what kind of had me navigating towards that mm. direction. Well, and it sounds from what you're saying that the the thing that you're most excited about is the one tier <laughs> that you have in oh. mind. <laughs> I do have several other tiers <laughs> right, okay. um, in mind, uh, but yes, I mean this is one that I'm very excited on about mm. because of the momentum and and just I feel like it. I don't know. I feel like I'm coming alive with this one. <laughs> mm. And so that to me, that makes me think that, yeah, you've got ideas for the other two or three or however many tiers, but mm. are they just there to fill a space? Because you, but the thing you actually want to do is this creativity building tier. And that if that's just it, you know, you're not kind of seeping time and energy onto these other tiers, which are only you know, um, the thing that is most exciting you. Mm-hmm. And then you actually go, right, I'm going to do an, an offering, which is creativity building. And it's, you know, there there are platforms that exist as well. <laughs> you can host it on and all that kind of thing. Mm. And really just double down on that thing that you're really excited about. And this kind of does bring us in a little bit to time management as well, because you also still want to have your greetings card business. And so if you're doing this whole, and in the episode I did with Nicole Antoinette, I think last year about Mm -hmm. Patreon, where she said, I asked her, how do you make a full-time income from Patreon? She said, by making Patreon my full-time job. Like it's gonna, in order to, kind of reap the financial benefits from that it's going to take so much of your time and your energy and I just want you to be sure that that's where you want it to be and not that it's like oh that's the first thing I thought of I can I can do Mm -hmm. that I I love that you're checking me on that and I want to think about this more I think I harbor some fear about um, using using platforms that my existing community aren't familiar with because um, I actually tried to create a a community on my own website uh, for the retreats and very few people have have opted in for that and when I've asked you know uh, you know kind of put some feelers out for why, why it's like <laughs> another place to log into mm-hmm. that they're not already logged into and so that was another thing I was like oh no if I create something on a less known platform I'll lose people just because of that but that is yeah that's very fear-based <laughs> so, mm. yeah this is a really good thing for me yeah. to think more about and again, it comes back to that promise because, yeah, I don't want to log into things and a, an extra thing, but if I want what's there, I will, <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> and, you know, like I said, it can be a Slack channel, it can be a Facebook group, but they're all things that they're already locked, logged on to. It can be a a course providing software, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, coming down to what is the offering that's going to be tempting enough to make them want to log in because and I think that's the thing with commute like communities and in invert commas like mm-hmm. sometimes when I see a course that I'm thinking of buying and it says there's a Facebook group I'm like oh god no because it's just I like know. another one you know so it's it's yes. finding it's not enough anymore I guess what I'm saying is to just say oh we've got a community because everybody's right. kind of been a bit burnt by those before so it's right. really what does the community do? What is that them committing to that group 
going to how's that going to make their life better exactly yes yeah no these this is really good food for that (laughs) (laughs) um and I think I think I'll be able to better know what platform or what avenue will be better when I do some of that work about looking at this audience too. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the comments? Because I've been at the end of every retreat, I have like a, a Google survey for people to give me feedback. And I've kind of been, you know, pulling that data together and noticing what people like what adjectives people use for the retreat, what what they what would make it more meaningful and and I have like kind of read through those, but I haven't really put put them all together in a way to think about as a group, as a whole, what would best serve them mm-hmm. in terms of where this lives and how this is enacted. And, um, you know, they check the box. Yes, I'm interested in, in this, but but yeah, what what are the little clues that they're giving me through through those surveys that demonstrate to me what. I can provide in a way that will fulfill that. And that's that's really important for me to think about as opposed mm. to just doing the go-to what I'm comfortable with version of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. it, it's got to say, that's very smart. And it's good that you've been, you've, you've got that sort of data resource there and you're not starting from fresh. But, you know, this is, you know, what everybody does. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll start doing this thing. And we forget to actually check in with whether it's what the people who are going to buy it want to buy. Yes, <laughs> and I've done yes. that in before in the past where I've launched whole programs and everyone's like, so what? I don't want that. And so it's starting with that audience first and foremost. And as you say, reading between the lines and discerning from what they're saying of what they actually want, because mm-hmm. it might be, that it's something like the the space is what's important or the the minimal commitment is what's important. And that might be something you can then kind of draw out and be like, okay, well, a really intensive Patreon where I'm giving them a prompt every day is like not going to be what they want. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also really like what you were saying too about if this is the, you know, tier that I'm most excited about, maybe just starting with one thing, um, regardless of Mm -hmm. what platform I end up choosing and just, and just focusing on that instead of adding a lot of things, like you said, um, making space for this new offering while having a product based business is already going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and you know, during, during pandemic, it was relatively easy because everything else was shut down. So, um, I didn't have to juggle in the way that I will moving forward. If, if no one's ordering wholesale, I'm not fulfilling orders. I'm not, you know, printing calen, uh, catalogs. I'm not doing all of the things uh, that are involved in that. But once things start to normalize a little bit and businesses come back, then I will have to be thinking about how to reallocate my time and prioritize which like income stream is the most um, or where I want to. Yeah. How much time and, mm. and energy and resources I want to put to each Um and I think that's hard for me looking at it right now because I still don't know how soon wholesale will really return. And um, it's trickling in a little bit, but it's pretty slow still. So it is hard to kind of envision forward um, time allocation, but I know myself. And if it just hits me, I'll. it's hard for me to step away from it and re- reallocate and then move forward. <laughs> I'll mm. probably be more reacting than proactive in that situation. So... Yeah, I wanted to ask you if you had any ideas on ways to kind of be thinking about 
allocating different mm-hmm. um, income streams according to time, energy, funds, all of that. Mm. Yeah, and I think when you were talking just then, it was I was thinking as well that when you do more, you usually don't get more because mm. you're you're splitting your time and you're splitting your focus on how you're selling and marketing things. Like mm-hmm. I said, people get confused and just disengage. And so to have one or two really clear like signposts of you can do this or this or this, pick which mm-hmm. is best for you, is so much easier. It's so much easier for you to manage as well in terms of your communications. But back to your question. I wish I had like a simple, simple formula to give you. I'm just trying to think what I do. So there are certain things that I will just deep dive into and then come out of. So this is usually evergreen products. So things like my courses, I'll just go in, do like a massive refresh, um, maybe do like a campaign where I do bundles or something like that. But that happens maybe once or twice a year. So perhaps that's the equivalent of your wholesale where you just like go deep into it once or twice a year, do the designs, get it all out underline it and then kind of come back out of that a little bit more because it's Mm. not the sort of thing you chip away at over the course of a year generally anyway um right because they have the seasonal like mm -hmm. buying seasons and things like that you're right Mm. and then so you then have that your other things you can kind of then do on a more month to month basis so I generally if we'll put aside time a month to do new stuff that might be a day a week just kind of if I've already got an idea it'll be a day a week that I'll just be kind of developing if I haven't got an idea I I won't do a day a week because I don't have an idea (laughs) Um, but then the rest of the week is on the day-to-day stuff of recording podcasts and doing client calls and answering emails and that sort of thing and then Mm -hmm. also and, and creating stuff for the trail which is another thing that I have to do so that's kind of how I split it up I guess is that I I can't do little bits I have to go mm. right this is the day that I'm developing this um, mm. and that's where it lives <laughs> that sounds really good just hearing you um how you describe it I immediately feel like oh yes I that sounds <laughs> that sounds like how I work and it would actually be kind of um I know that like the tunnel visioning can be a challenge, but it's actually very effective too. I get a mm-hmm. lot done when I'm in that tunnel. So kind of having a set day for certain things where I know I'm not worrying about the other stuff right now. I'm focusing on this. And then, like you said, underlining it's done. I think that that might be a, a helpful way for me to to think about this. Mm. And I, I've, I personally find it helps because it's not then weighing on me. Because you know, when you're yeah. like, oh god, I've got to do, I've got to plan that retreat. I've got to do. But you're like, no, if it's, that just happens on Fridays, so I'm not going right. to think about the it time today is set on aside. Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it hasn't been forgotten. It's just waiting for its turn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. I think one thing that's just a personal challenge for me is on the things that I have decided will take less time. I'm going to give them less time. I'm going to give them less energy to actually do it (laughs) because I have such a tendency to get carried away trying to make anything special, beautiful, chock full of value. Like I get Mm -hmm. so in, in that, oh, but you know what would make this better is if I hand wrote it and oh, you know, I'm just, oh, you know, it's really hard for me to like step back and remember this is only supposed to take 10% of whatever, whatever it is. 
that I think is is like going against the instinct or the the the, the whatever going against the grain uh, for mm-hmm. me to to do that and stick to it. Treat it yeah. as a game. Hmm. A game. Yeah. Like as a as a creative challenge as an artist to be like, okay, how can I not make this the best best it can be? <gasps> if that sounds oh really weird. <laughs> no. I- I love this so much because it, it is a problem. Like it's become a problem. My sister has has constantly. We're really close, and she has constantly told me, you know, wait, how long? When did you start working on this thing you're working on right now? <laughs> mm. um, our I thought you were only going to spend two hours on that, and you know, she says it in a loving way because she she knows. <laughs> but you know, to remind myself that it doesn't have to be perfect; it has to serve its purpose, and you know, there can always be a version 2.0 later. But that is hard for me, especially when I when I do specifically say, hey, you're not as, this little thing is not as important as the other things. I almost feel guilty about that. Yeah. (laughs) And have to make it really good. (laughs) But the whole point of giving it that designation of this is not going to take as much time is because its inherent worth for the grand purpose of everything I'm doing, the grand scheme of things is not as much. And I, I, I tend to have Mm. have that little fight um, well you have to then nice. think of, like feel bad for the stuff that is important that's just sat there like kimberly <laughs> i'm here <laughs> and you're focusing on that guy <laughs> oh my gosh maybe i need to like illustrate a comic where it's like my <laughs> my priorities versus my non-priorities yeah. i need attention <laughs> and i think sometimes yeah just kind of allowing yourself to have a little bit of playfulness with it and not too much rigid well playfulness with the rigidity of like this task is going to take two hours so let's see what I can do in two hours when I put my mind to it um and then but then the rules of the game's game is I have to stop so I have to like make sure whatever gets done in two two hours is going to be what the end is and just to then pace myself better too if I know oh you you can't design an extra element here if there's not the otherwise the content's not going to be finished Mm. um yeah that's really really helpful in fact I'm sort of like oh I want to play that game with myself (laughs) (laughs) such I I never would have thought of it Kate I never would have thought to think in it reverse it you know and Mm. uh challenge myself in a different way because for me I'm always like okay, see how much you can cram in. That's that's the mm-hmm. wrong challenge. <laughs> it's the wrong challenge for me because that's when I get carried away and that's when I get, when the perfectionism sets in yeah. and all of that, so. I've got 24 uh, hours in a day. I can get it all in. <laughs> right, right, mm. yeah. Or I do the, oh, it, I don't need to, I can work an extra hour. You know, I do the, yeah. well, now my, 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 you know, Tending to my own health and well-being gets put on the back burner because mm-hmm. I want to make it look really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that that's a good. That's I, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that game. Yeah, and the fact is that because you are perfectionistly inclined, like mm-hmm. you're good enough is going to be have a really high bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice that's such a nice way to think about it <laughs> yeah like um, I might think it's rubbish but in in terms of the world it's good <laughs> right because we are you know we have our scrutinizing eye on our own work but that that is that's a really good a good way to put it in a positive way too because mm-hmm. I can get more like you know scolding on myself but 
remembering, oh yeah, my, my standards are very high. So even my mediocre will probably be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, so <laughs> I have one last question for you, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? I love this question. For me, it's about choosing to dwell in a learning posture always to engage Ooh. in the world with kindness and openness and compassion, but also at the same time, tend to my own wellness and well-being with gentleness, yet honesty too. Um, and it's really just taking the time to both understand and make conscious decisions each day to live out the purpose that's behind everything I make, that I stand for, that I prioritize. That's really what's at the crux of it all for me. I mean, I want to echo back, dwell in a learning posture to you with what we've just been talking about with this perfectionism. And <laughs> Yes, I need that. I need to remind myself of my own. Yeah, <laughs> that it's, it's sometimes hard to, to, um, to implement and to actually live out mm. the things that, that I uh, believe um, I think that's, you know, just part of human nature yeah, to point. find out how to emulate things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so where can people come and find you and join a retreat and connect with everything that you do? Everything is on my website at lacelit.com and you can find my retreats, my shop, my newsletter, um, opt-in is there. I send a monthly paper trails newsletter out. And then on Instagram, I'm also at Lacelit. So, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kimberly. Thank you so much. Any links we mentioned will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Kimberly on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she is at Lacelit. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really enjoy this conversation, then please do send the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.